Good afternoon. My name is Taina Evans, and I'm with Elaine Kiss. And we're at Quincy Street Residence for the Our Streets, Our Stories Oral History Project of Brooklyn Public Library. And um, please, Miss Elaine, if you can share with us your Brooklyn story. Well, my Brooklyn story is I've been a resident in Bedford Stuyvesant for a little over 20 years. Um, well, my family have a home here, so it's like a family house. Mm -hmm. And I have, I'm in, I go to church. I've been in church for over 20 years myself in Bedford Stuyvesant. And I went to College of New Rochelle. They have a program with your GED and bachelor all together. This is going down when I retire at age 47 from Verizon. You know, full pension, everything. And I think I was like 50 years old when I, I had quit school back in when I was 17 years old. And I've been working for Verizon ever since. So in this area, by going to church, I've been in church for a while, and my apostle pastor wanted me to be in charge of a certain uh, part of our ministry. Mm -hmm. And I decided to go back to school for my GED. And I went for, to this adult um, school for just to get the GED right here in the neighborhood. Where is it? It's on Notion and, Notion and Marcy. It's Adult Learning Center. Right. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I went there. Then I found that College of New Rochelle also offered a GED along with your bachelor degrees. So I decided to, to go and get my bachelor. And that took me from there to maybe here right now. So I'm in leadership. I do a lot of work for, for my community. I do the... We have, I'm on the Bethel Stuyvesant Brownstoner. I'm a Brownstoner. And what does that? A Brownstoner have, they, there's a lot of committee inside the Brownstoners. And one of the founders felt that the houses of, of Bethel Stuyvesant are so beautiful, they decided to try to save the homes and have a committee where people were losing their homes. So they had started um, our, what's his name? Councilman Al Van, mm -hmm. he opened up uh, where the people will, will not be able to just lose their home so easily. And so they just made these different committees inside Brownstoners. So my committee that I'm on is the house tour. I do the house tour, beautiful home. In people, mm -hmm, Yeah, in October. You've probably heard of that. And then they have the education committees. I'm on a lot of committees in the Brownstoners. I'm also part of the election board veto with the councilman, um, Robert Carnegie. All this took place right here in Bethel Stuyvesant, you know, as I've been trying to grow. But I, re I originally grew up in Brownville, you know. Uh, like I said, I quit school at age 17, but young and dumb, but I went and on this one job, once I left school, went to Verizon, I've been on that job for all my life until I'm retired, you know. But I remember when I was like 16, 15 years old, you heard about Bedford Stuyvesant, and back in those days, Bedford Stuyvesant was known to be a bad area. And even now today, people at my age would talk about how that, the reputation that they had. 
And I come to find that it's, this is a beautiful area now. Back in those days, it probably maybe was, but yeah, we wouldn't, nobody would come to Bethesda-Stuyvesant, you know? But I love it over here. But I grew up in Brownville, you know? And I went to, I remember when I was in sixth grade, PS 37 on South 5th Street, I was the only black girl in the whole school, you know? And there were two black guys, you know, like that. And then they're back in those days, they were doing a lot of bullying, you know? You couldn't even walk down the block, you know, like that, because your area on the South Thirsty was a lot of white people, Jewish people. And when you were black back in the day, they used to call us black, black boogies and all kinds of, you know, names and stuff. But um, we grew from that. Mm-hmm. But it's still going on today, you know? But, um, but yeah, so I, as I grew up with my mother, there's certain things that we have learned to respect one another. Uh, you appreciate, I appreciate more of going to school now than I did when I was a teenager, you know? Education is very important. But when you're young and dumb, you don't you think about all that at the time. So now we're trying to impress and show our children the same thing. But um, yeah, but when I was growing up in Brownsville, um, going to PS 37, PS 155, 271, um, I never went to the prom. You know, we couldn't afford it. Back in those days, we didn't have color TVs, you know. We had where if you 14 years old, we first got a color TV. Finally, the per- the people across the street, they had a, they got a color TV, but they had like the, the color screen, like the screen that you put on your TV just to make it look like you were color. <laughs> but then we finally was able to get a color TV. We couldn't afford, afford phones back then, you know. So we had our first phone. I remember all this when I was 18. I mean, when I was 14, I'm sorry. You know, we had our first phone. You didn't have those things back in the day. So now they like, they still don't mean anything. It was a luxury back then. But now, you know, we have so much technology going on today. But our kids don't realize what the struggle that we have gone through and what we have um, made a way for them, you know, because that's why I'm pressing my children to vote. Go out and vote because your, your voice means a lot. And we cannot go backwards. we got to go forward, you know. So, um, yeah, back in those days, I remember my mother was proud to, to be able to vote, you know. I mean, I'm proud to be able to vote now, you know, because we can lose that at any time, be like that, because they're still trying to push us back. And we have to realize the struggles that our parents went through. I'm through I do a lot of Ancestry.com. I search my history, you know, and I love it. I love history. You know, I'm, I mean, one of my major in school was history, you know, even in Bethesda-Syverson, I guess the thrill that goes through me when I hear certain areas. I'm like, wow, even with Booker T. Washington or, you know, I go back to Lena Horn, you know, with Lena Horn living, things like that. I get excited to, to think about what this street used to look like, you know, dust, and the hotel used to be a daughter. You know, I, I go out and I search these areas out. I remember when I was a teenager, yelling up to my mother, just for 10 cents, you know, Ma, can I have a dime? You know, that was a big thing back in the days. You know, now you can't find none of that. The kids don't look, you know, my daughter, they asked me to buy them an outfit. One outfit that cost almost $200, you know, when they were 15 years old. I'm like, are you crazy, you know? But back in the day, we appreciate what we were able to get, you know? And and my mother worked two jobs just to, just to make ends meet without a father in the home, you know? But, um, but yeah, so I grew up 
when I go look back, I said I had a pretty good childhood, you know, and I appreciate where I come, from, where I came from now, you know, where I'm at today. Like I say, I didn't appreciate. I even have told my professors. I think I wrote a paper and I even expressed how I appreciate you more now than I did back then, and I see myself back in the days as a young child at age 17. You know, um, so yeah, so it's, it's so many things that that the kids have no idea. They won't even know what a rotary phone is, you know, or, or what a princess phone. We have phones on the walls, and they, they have so much luxury right now that they have no idea of what, you know, to be appreciative about like that. And um, so, yeah, so I just look at um, being a native, just living here all my life. I say, everybody know I'm not leaving, leaving Brooklyn no time soon. This is my home, you know. And so, but yeah, I, you know, I do a lot of work for the community. I do a lot. I'm a church leader. I do a lot in the, in the, in the church. I'm always out. I'm always, I'm doing line dance. At the age that we are today, it's amazing how much that there's so much going on for the seniors, you know. I might not look it. But <laughs> but there's a lot going on for us now, and we take advantage of it. You know, they offer the seniors so much that now that I'm retired, I don't have to stay home. And, and I got things to do. My girls, everybody's grown out the house, and I, you know, I can go out and enjoy my own life now. You know, because I don't pay my dues, I don't pay their way. Now you're on your own, do what you have to do. I'm enjoying myself now. But, um, but yeah, so I just tell them, I say, I have, like, I do, I do a lot of work, like I said, for Ancestry, and I have my computer, and I have it so filled with so much information that our children should remember, should know, because they say, they read some of the stuff that I might have laying around, and they might say, oh, I didn't know that. I said, that's the whole purpose of this, you know. We need to let our children know all this that, that went on, and stories, I think about my mother, telling these stories about when she was with her father on, and she was 15, 16 years old, and you know, and I'm like, but then again, you go in one ear and out the other, you don't really pay attention, and then I'm like, wow, I wish I really had listened more now, you know, because the information that I have, I said, you know what, I could have even asked this question, but I didn't. Now I'm on my own, or searching it out, going to other family members, and everybody's going there, you know. So now we're trying to leave the same information for our children. So for them to know, so I'm, I try to get them to understand and make it, make it your priority to know your history, you know, be a proud of it. I want to write, and I don't care if it's good or bad, because everybody got a past. I'm writing a book, a book about everybody have a past, you know. I can be, you can bet in your life something happened in your life. Your mother and father told you some stories about what they went through, what's going on, where um, they had wet, out of wedlock or, Somebody, there's always something that happened in your past, so you cannot blame a person for a past, you know? You can't blame what I did in my young age, not knowing, you know, not thinking how it's gonna turn out years down the line. We don't know, everybody have a past. You know, my mother had a past, you know? My father, everybody had a past, and not that you don't want them to follow the same route that you went on, but at the same time, they must learn that we all have a path, and believe me, you have done things in your life, my children, I tell them, I bet you've done things in your life that you didn't have even told me about, that you're gonna remember one day about all this stuff, I can't believe I did that, I can't, but it's still part of our past, you know? 
So I'm writing a book on that. I'm trying to put it together. Lord, to guide me. Is this what you, I think they need to hear this. Because a lot of kids, they, they blame us about things that we have done. Or they can't believe that. Shoot, girl, you have a past too. You know, there's a past, you know, like that. And sometimes they don't understand it. And you try to break it down and explain to them. But I want them to know that everybody, I don't care who they are, everybody have a past, you know. And yeah, you remember when grandma and mommy them said this and that, and I want them to be able to sit around the kitchen table and remember those type of stories that they had heard. Oh, this was, I never heard that before, really? Wow, I didn't know that grandma, I want this kind of conversation to be going on when I'm gone, you see what I'm saying? So I'm trying to put together and we do our family union every year. So we're trying to put it together, too. Everybody on the Committee of the History, you know, it's going to be in Philadelphia. But we go someplace different every year. Last two years, every two years. Last two years, we in Virginia. Then we're in South Carolina. So this year, uh, next year, it's going to be in Philadelphia. And we're putting it together now. So we're on the history. You know, everybody is doing their family union tree. And we comes up with so much different things that we find out about our past, our family. So I want this conversation. I don't care how bad, I don't care how hurtful, but it's a story that is part of your heritage. You see what I'm saying? You should know this, and this is how I feel. So I want my kids to know that I don't care how bad it is or what it is. Oh yeah, my mother this and my father that, and he was a rolling stone, and my grandfather had all these babies, and different wives, and everybody's one big family. You know what I'm saying? My mother's a twin, and she was the youngest, but yet she had all these other sisters. She never knew her mother. She, her mother passed when she had a, you know, when she was born, and you know, so it's so much going on in the history. So, and her oldest sister, 50 years old, took care of her baby sisters when they were three years old. You see what I'm saying? I said, so everybody have a past, you know? And she had, had other children and things like that. So I tried to get my kids to understand and see how, how easily you know, things happen and that you can't judge you know, like that because I'm telling you, when you get 50 years old, you'll find out all the stuff you have done in your life. You'll be like, wow, it's amazing. I can't believe my mother told me this. God, I think back too. I said, I remember my mother saying this to me, you know. I remember my mother saying, one day your child going to do this and do that. <laughs> and I'm like, no, they not. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I told them. I said, now, see, everything my mother told me, it came to, came to the light. You know, so I and I find myself repeating the exact same thing my mother said to me to my kids, and then I have a a a, a ha a, a, a how you say a ha ha moment. I was like, oh wow! All of a sudden, I felt like I, my mother was right there in the room. I can't believe I just recorded what she just said. You know, but they remember those things. You know, so um, but yeah, so I mean, we have a lot of history. And I tell my children. Mm -hmm. What led you back to, uh, well, what led you to Bedford Thurston from Brownsville? Um, I think I was, my, my mother passed. I went back, she was six. So I went back to live with her, with my girls. And after she moved, after she passed, I think I stayed in her apartment for like two or three years. With me and my sister and brother. But then now it was time for me to look for an apartment. And one of my cousins told me that my other cousin, Ray would have an empty apartment upstairs, so I called her. That's the only reason I came to Bedford Stuyvesant, <laughs> you know, so I'm like, yeah, I need an apartment, and she opened her doors up, and I've been here ever since, you know, and I love it, you know, so I love, I never thought I would love being in a family home, 
you know, you always come from living in apartment building or the projects, you know, like that. But I love it being in, the own, in a family house and the backyard, we're in the front yard with the community get together. They look out for one another. We have the barbecue and the block parties. I love that, you know. And I said, now my girl, they probably love it. So, so yes, yeah, so that's what really led me back, and I've been here ever since. But it's so hard. It's so expensive in Bedford Side. <laughs> you know, it's really hard living in Bedford Side because the houses, and you know, people they don't realize how much sweat that they parents. Because these Beverly Stuyvesant really been owned by black people, but nobody really knows that, you know? This is a black community in the houses. All these white people, excuse me, would walk around here, don't know, realize, they think this is a white family, or white people are supposed to own this house, but no, it's black owned. All these houses are black owned, and they'd be surprised. Like I said, even Lena Horn, uh, they were raised right around the corner. You know, her house was right around the Where corner. Where was her house? Hmm? Where was Lena Horn's house? Her house is 274 uh, Stuyvesant. Mm -hmm. Right there, like right around the corner, 274, 279 Stuyvesant. She grew up in the house. Mm -hmm. And then that one, her grandparents. And then she had another house with CS21 with that. Mm -hmm. That was another. That was a, a big mansion for her and her, her family. You search it out. They had to do a paper on this. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but this is... And all these were black owned, Ben Vereen. A lot of black people live right here in Bedford Stuyvesant. You know, and now the kids fighting over the home, the parents, they, they inherit the homes and the family. Um, they wind up losing because all the kids want the money and they don't realize how much they have. This is this is, should be priceless, you know. You have a place to take care of your mother home and your father home that they had sweat that you had grew up in. Now they losing it. So many homes are being lost, and now the white the white people moving in. I hope I don't say not saying the wrong thing, but it's the truth it's from the heart, you know. But white people moving in now is taking over those same homes that this whole block used to be number black. Now you look around, so they walk around our neighborhood like they own here, and you don't belong here. They belong here when you was here first, you know. So um, but so we try to get the kids to understand what we trying to tell them, like, be proud of who you are, you know, um, vote, when we say vote, do this, do this, because you have a right, and this is your voice, don't think it's just about you um, having a good time, or just about one person yourself, it's about your whole community, you know, because your voice is helping somebody else, voice, helping somebody else too, so yes, yeah, so I just do, I do it a lot in the neighborhood, you know, I come here, I love being in line <laughs> dancing, you know, but um, I run, I'm a trustee at the church, and I do a lot of the church business, you know, and, you know, they call me my pastor, my pastor, they call me up any time, and I just run and do this and do that. But it takes a lot, but I, I love it. And like I said, I just went back to school at age 50, you know, to get my GED, you know. And, and I'm proud of that moment. It's like you're never too late, you know. So I'm an example uh, for someone else so that you know it's Girl, go back. Don't be ashamed. Going back, you know, and that's how I felt too. You know. But um what else can I tell you? Well, I also remember some of us were talking about blackouts and we had those blackouts and days, you know, and it was a it was a time, it was a mess. But we grew for that, we grew from that, you know, but we was in the middle of it. You know, and I remember I don't know. It, it's so many things when you think about, 
when the buses was five cents with a nickel, you know? And the subways has more tokens, you know? It's just the idea of how far we have came, you know? When we do penny, penny candy, nano penny candy cost a quarter, you know? Twin sickle, twin popsicle was five cents then. And I just shake my head. I go to the store now and I say, how much is this? And now I can't help them. My goodness, you know, <laughs> because I remember those days, you know. So, um, but yeah, I, uh, well, if you was yeah. going to lead us on a, on a memory walk or a brown store tour, what, what would be one of the stops along the way? I would take you to Weeksville. Weeksville is over by Buffalo, like Buffalo and Fulton area before, because they still have like the little original houses that were first bought, built over here. And then they, they built uh, another part of it so you can come in and relax and see. And the lady named Tia, she has tea with Tia, just so you can come in and take a tour of it now, you know? So that was part of one of my classes and when I started found out too about the her, even though I was here, like I said, a lot of times we right here, we don't even know half the history in your backyard, you know, until I went to school. I'm like, what, you know? And in the Fulton Street Park, there's Ralph, um, Robert Fulton have a statue, he's a white man. And I'm like, he was a slave owner. So my first thought was, why the slave owner in Fulton Street Park, you know? But if a statue there, you can't really see it because the trees, you know. But um, but yes, I would take you around in that area like that, you know. And I would point out where uh, Lena Horn lived, and I even went to Booker T. They showed where Booker T. Them, not not that I'm so impressed with him, but but at the same time, you know, it's our history, you know, that where he they used to have their meetings that we pass by their place every day. And where they used to take meetings, so I was like, when you think about it, you look up there and say, wow, can you imagine all the soldiers and all gathering together to go up there to have a meeting and stuff like that. It's still right here. The building is still standing, you know? I'm, I, I, like I said, I get thrilled when I think about things like that, you know? Uh, Columbia, uh, Columbus Park downtown, Christopher Columbus have his face there. You know, and all the time, like Columbus Park. Now, well, is this Columbus, is this, do they mean Christopher Columbus? Yes, you see, but you, we don't know these things, you know, because we not take time out to find out. But yeah, so I love Everett Stuyvesant. I really do. And like I say, in the committee that I'm on, the house tour, everybody we, we, uh, I does that. I even go to, on the cancer walk at age 63, do the cancer walk, I do the, the lupus walk, you yeah, know. Yeah. My church, we, we close the whole church and that be our outreach. Yeah. You know, like that too. But um but yeah. So, um, you have any question maybe? Um, no, you told us a lot. Um, so I just wanted to know if there's any anything that we didn't touch on that you maybe remember now that you wanna say or something that um, you mentioned earlier you want the kids to kinda like do their research, but is there anything that you want to leave for lasting generations? Um or future would, generations. Right. I would think that, believe, that they should always want to know more about their heritage, you know. Search out who you, where you are, and, and hopefully I can leave 
enough information that can lead you on, you know? And I would say that for all generation, for anyone who decided to research something, and if my voice pop up, that this they can take something from that, you know? You know, for them to understand, I think that was mine. So I think that they would uh, want to tell their family or their history as much as, they, as much as we can, you know, mm -hmm. go back, mm -hmm. go back. I, that's, a, that's a thought about the 1800s. We're talking about my grandfather born in the 1850s and stuff like that, you know. I can't go no further. I have to, sometimes I have to stop and take a break. Me and my cousin get on the phone, and I would explain this to him and tell him that, and he might leave me back. I get excited, and I go back. I might leave it for a whole year yeah. because I can't go no further until somebody puts something in my ear, hearing or some one of my other cousins have other information. I'm like, wow, really? You know, but then again, I got a lot of information that I might give them. That's not right. I tell them that's not right, and I know for a fact, you know, yeah. things like that. Yeah. So I think that's what I really want. Would rather them know. Search out your, your family history. Do Ancestry.com. Do your DNA test. Just find out more about your family. You know, mm -hmm. come together with family reunions. You know, get to know the family. Don't be separated from the family, but come to know who you are and join in the families, the community, the the committees of the family. Mm -hmm. You know, I try to tell my daughter on that too. I try to push them. One of my cousins called last night. We had a meeting, a conference call, and she said that I'm on, I'm part of the the original, the big committee, and in the subcommittee she's doing the reunion. But she wanted to add others to help her out. So I was gonna call and tell her, well, call Teresa and tell Teresa to come help you. Don't tell her I told you to, but <laughs> you know because just to get to know yeah. some of it. You know, I think Teresa McCarran. Corinne for the first time, and I met Ken Corinne because I did my family ancestry and she saw it. That's how we got to know each other for seven years, but she's part of my family. But she saw my family tree and, and the family union that I was putting together, and she contacted me, you see? And so then she became, I put her on my committee. And so I'm doing the same thing with my daughter. They just met for the first time last year, you know? But yeah, so I'm like, we have family that you never met, like that, mm-hmm. So, so that's my, hopefully it was helpful, hope it made sense, hope <laughs> I said something. <laughs>